Hey, Tommy, we got Jeff on the line. What do you want to ask him? Is there anything that you you could have done differently to kind of shorten the, your time period to, to success? One of the things that helped me get to the place where I am today a lot quicker than I think I wouldn't have done it was networking. So the way that I network, so I'll meet people at an event and I purposely put myself in these rooms. Like I, I join different groups. I'll go to as many conferences as I can afford to go to each year. And then after the event, that's where the real networking happens. When you follow up with them, I, I throw them into a CRM. And actually like systematically will follow up with every single person at least a few times a, a year. Slow and steady, you start taking notes down on what each person is doing. So I've made like dozens of introductions um, and all of that has helped me. This is the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Briscoe. Now, this podcast is designed for the aspiring apartment investor and literally gives them the opportunity to ask the questions that will help them get to the next level. So if you're an aspiring apartment investor, this podcast is for you. Now, this podcast is brought to you by the Tribe of Titans Multifamily Educational Community. It's your one-stop shop for learning how to succeed at apartment investing. Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. I'm your host, Brian Briscoe, and I'm very excited for today's show. We've got two great people on the line with us. We got Jeffrey Donis and we have Tommy Brandt. And uh, Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Tommy, also welcome. Uh, we'll just uh, hit your story a little bit later in the in the episode. But uh, um, Jeffrey, you're up to bat first. So how are you? Yeah, doing well, Brian. And I appreciate you having me on. Hope you're doing yeah. well. Yeah, I'm doing well too. Thank you. Excited to get you on the show. Um, you know, I, I've seen you know you and your brothers all over social media. So you know what you guys are doing is definitely working. So, um, like I said, very excited to have you on the show today. So welcome, and uh, please tell us about yourself. Yeah. So my name's Jeffrey. Like Brian said, I live in uh, Durham, North Carolina. I'm 20 years old. I work with my two brothers. I have a twin brother who looks a little like me. He's a little taller, but uh, we won't we won't have to. Yeah. Um, How much my, taller? Like, like centimeters? Yeah. It depends. It depends. Sometimes I'll stand up on my tippy toes and I'll be a little taller. Right. Depends, um, depends on you know how you how you do your hair every day. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Got uh, it. Cool. Cool. And then I have an older brother. His name's uh, Kenneth. He's twenty three, and we pretty much mm-hmm. uh, started real estate a little over two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. and I can kind of go into like my background if you'd like uh, about how yeah, I got into. Do. It. Yeah. Please so, uh, got into real estate a little over two years ago. Started in single family. I was a college freshman at the time. Um, mm-hmm. My mom's a low, I come from a low income background. My mom's a single mother. So initially didn't come from yeah. any money and didn't really have real estate connections, but found wholesaling on YouTube, uh, kind of dove into that. And then fast mm-hmm. forward, um, eventually left school uh, after the COVID pandemic hit. And we mm-hmm. started going full-time real estate, quickly got into single family wholesaling, got some creative finance deals and were able to uh, build a small portfolio of single family properties. Mm-hmm. They did, did a fix and flip and all throughout this process, we were listening to podcasts, reading different books, um, and we fell upon multifamily and how people wish they would have got started earlier. So sure. we were like, well, why not? Uh, eventually that became our our big like end goal. And we mm-hmm. always like to think that why not start where you want to end up? That was just our philosophy. So mm-hmm. ended up jumping right in and figured out that brokers didn't really take us seriously since we didn't have that much experience. So yeah. uh, we're looking for some type of partners to uh, partner with, ended up joining a mastermind group and that helped us cut the learning curve and allowed us to get into our first few multifamily properties. And now we've done awesome. on a few. Now, now something that, that's always impressed me about you guys is, is you're still relatively young in, in the multifamily space. Yeah. Um, what challenges has your age presented 
And what did you guys do to overcome those challenges? Yeah, to be honest, I think like uh, initially, just when you're talking to people, mm-hmm. um, it's the obvious ones. Like they think yeah. you don't have experience, uh, which technically they're not completely wrong, right? We yeah. have a lot less than right. most people. Um, they think you may just want to make sure that like, you know what you're doing and stuff like that. And it's very easy to overcome that based on what we've done. And uh, mm-hmm. I've just simply put, I built a really good team around me um, just mm-hmm. by networking and also joining different groups. So mm-hmm. the way that I overcome that is by having a really good team. Like I said, I have a, a, a partner that has over 10,000 units. Um, any deal I do, he's going to be on the deal. Um, yeah. Other partners that have a lot more experience than I do. And uh, at the end of the day, it's just about how you can leverage that and leverage yeah. their credibility uh, and put that and place that in a place where it kind of shows that you're credible as well. Yeah. And that's a great point. And I think everybody who gets into this business does something similar. I mean, we had to, uh, we had to bring somebody in with experience in on our first deal. You know, he signed the loan paperwork with us. Otherwise the lender wouldn't have given us the the loan. Right. And what's nice for me is I, I'm, I've actually come full circle to where I've done that for other people now, which is, yeah. which is a lot of fun, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's a win-win situation, which I, I think, um, I don't know how you felt. I'll tell you how I felt. I was yeah, a little yeah. nervous calling people and saying, <laughs> will you partner with this on our, on, on our project? You know, because, you know, any, anyway, it was, it was just nervous, for, yeah, yeah. a little bit of a nerve wracking thing for me. I'm like, are they even going to want to whatnot? But sitting where I'm at right now, I realized that it is a win-win situation. I mean, they, they have to be part of the GP to do it. But, uh, um, so I mean, not, not to put you on the spot on how you felt, yeah. but, uh, oh, yeah, how did you I, uh, meet? Oh, if you want to go yeah, ahead, take yeah. it. No, yeah. I don't mind at all. So I joined like a mastermind group mm-hmm. that pretty much like it is a paid mentorship, but yep. my mentor's role was to actually partner on deals with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he was happy to do it because he, he was actually walking us through the underwriting on the first one. And, um, yep. I was actually a co-sponsor on the first few deals I did. So I, I had a really good team in place. Now it was just mm-hmm. really, how could I add value to those groups? But, um, yeah, it was not really necessarily like the hardest part now is like finding different partners that you can bring on. And how I'm able to do that is I leverage the same team that I already have. I say our team has over 11,000 units worth of experience and 25 years plus of real estate experience. So and that's why I think it's so important to you for you to surround yourself with really good people, especially if you're new. Yeah. Agree. Agree. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I think, you know, masterminds and other groups like that are great places to find experienced partners. Um, that is essentially where I found mine as well. But like I said, I don't know why I was nervous reaching out, but, uh, you know, it was, you know, maybe it was still my newness to it, it was, you know, uh, I think when I started, I was still nervous that people would say no, you know, I, that was, that was a big, big tripping. We still get a lot me. of no's. Oh, you still get a lot of no's, but I don't know why. <laughs> Um, yeah. even I was hesitant to raise capital on my first deal for the same reason. Like, what if they say no? You know, <laughs> what if they say yes? I mean, but anyway, yeah. lot, lots of humble though. Yeah. You know, anytime you're asking for help, you're like, oh, I'm 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 a burden to this person. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a change in mindset of like I, you know, I have an opportunity to help them in, in some way, you know, yeah. if I'm if I'm you know bringing them into something like this. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point too. It, it is definitely an opportunity, and it's yeah, it's it's something that is very common, but uh um, yeah, I've, I've finally gotten over it. I'm, I'm to the point right now where I'll, I'll ask, you know, people say yeah. no, yeah, I'll find someone else. So yep. super cool. Super cool. Um, so that, that's interesting. So another question I want to ask you, um, you guys are very active on social media, a lot of traction. It seems like you guys have built on your social media. So what was your, your plan when you got on social media? How has that yeah. helped you guys and how has it evolved over time? Yeah, I think it's, it's, worked in a lot of ways. People like to, I always like to say, it's hard to track your return on investment when it comes to social media, but over yeah. time, um, anyways, we, we initially just started by documenting our journey. 
Um, and over time, it's kind of built a brand. We've actually gotten investor leads from it. Um, partners that I've come to meet, they were able to find us on social media. Um, also, when we started our own podcast, it was pretty easy to attract guests mm-hmm. because of the presence. They yeah. automatically, and also with new people that you're meeting at conferences or um, different investors that you may not really have a relationship mm-hmm. with, they look you up online and they see you everywhere. And it's not only that they see you, but they can have access to your content yeah. and they you're kind of positioning yourself as a thought leader, right? Um, you immediately are establishing credibility. So that's something that yeah. we've pretty much been able to do. And uh, I think it's just being consistent at the end of the day. That's that's all it is. And some people might yeah. think they don't have like value to give, but I think everyone's got a story or some type of value. And as you grow in your journey, it's all about documenting at first. And then it kind of becomes something that uh, you can actually put out um, more, maybe more valuable content over time. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's all about just being consistent. You know, I, I like that. Document your journey. You know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people when they're in the initial phases of of apartment investing or real estate investing or anything where you need other people. And in the syndication business, you're always looking for other people's money or other people to help partner to get you to the next level. But, uh, you know, when you're up front and, and starting out, I don't know, for me, once again, this is how I felt. I felt a little disingenuous coming across as an expert. And I tried to do the same thing. I tried to, you know, phrase things like, hey, this is what I learned last week about commercial real estate, you know, or hey, this is what I learned last month, or hey, I'm in this really cool program right now that's teaching me this. Mm. And I started doc, I did the same thing, just didn't uh, you know, didn't realize it until just now, but started documenting what I was doing, telling everybody else what I was doing. And eventually I got to the point to where I think I was legitimately adding value. And then yeah. Second point I'll make when you guys asked me to come on your podcast, I already knew who you guys were too, you know, and it, it was a very simple, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. You know, yeah. it's like, I know who cool. those guys are. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. So that's awesome. Yeah. So um, anyway, awesome. Good, good, good enough there. But uh, um, are you guys going to continue the same, you know, social media outreach yeah, yeah. or are you guys shifting gears on marketing or what's, what's yeah, the yeah. future on that? Honestly, I'm, I'm happy you asked. Um, so mm-hmm. We're actually, we, we started with a podcast. We're pretty much omnipresent on most platforms. And my brother Kerwin actually is the head of marketing, mm-hmm. but um, he, we're starting a YouTube channel as well. So we already had one, but we're going to start pushing more content out. Uh, really the goal is just to educate. And I mean, hopefully we attract people uh, to our mm-hmm. pages and just to our brand and can, can grow that. But really right now it's just being consistent, maybe looking a little bit more professional because at first it was all on the phone and now we're able to set up a nice camera. We have like a nice podcast <laughs> studio. So maybe yep. make it more consistently as well. Make, make it look nicer. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And that's something I've got to, you know, I've, I've been very, very slow at doing is improving my system. You know, I, yeah. you know, using the, I'm, I'm still using the camera that comes on my, my Mac and I, I did upgrade microphones, you know, but <laughs> I definitely need to to improve all of that stuff. Um, now, as far as uh, um, as far as your YouTube channel, are you taking what you record on the podcast and posting that? You're doing other stuff or a little bit of everything? Yeah, we have different channels on the YouTube channel. So, like, mm-hmm. um, there will be one which the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. And this season, this is our third season, um, but we're going to have different types of episodes. We're bringing on different kinds of guests and different niches within real estate. Um, the other ones will be kind of, we call them Donna's brother round tables where mm-hmm. it's my two brothers and I, because honestly on the ones previously, I'm not sure if you can relate at all, Brian, it seems like you do a good job of like giving off your experience on the, when we were starting out, maybe we had a little bit of the imposter syndrome, but we mm-hmm. weren't really giving off our personalities or our experience. Um, mm-hmm. And we want to do that now, let our audience know really who we are. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking to do on that channel. 
Nice. Nice. Awesome. So, um, best, best of luck on that one. You know, you. I think, uh, YouTube's a great place to be. Yeah. Um, we've just kickstarted our YouTube channel and awesome. Um, some, something else that, uh, you know, I'll point out is, you know, just, just the authenticity when, when you're sharing your personal story and, you know, at first I was, I was very hesitant to share anything personal about myself, but mm. it resonates with people. And that's what people like, you know, that's what, yeah. that, that's how you get people to invest. That's how you get people to partner is when they, they feel that they know you from, from what you share. So when you be authentic, when you're personal, I mean, boom, you're going to get a lot of people. And yeah. um, just, just for the record, I did just subscribe to your, um, <laughs> your YouTube channel. So awesome. you're Thank now you. at 595 subscribers. Awesome. So I'll go yeah. ahead and subscribe to you when I'm done. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so cool, cool. All right. So let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Um, I, I know something that, you know, from, from what I followed, you guys do talk about, you know, your reason for doing this, but uh, it's something I like to call your big burning why. So what is your big burning why for investing in apartments? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the first reason that we got into it and, uh, I, like I said, I come from like a low income background. My mom mm -hmm. cleans houses for a living. So, uh, initially we knew that we didn't come for money and we were planning on going to, I guess, going to school, get a degree, get a job that mm -hmm. we've read Peter Stead poor dad, which is right above me. Um, and it kind of broke that paradigm where we thought, yeah. you know, there's probably a better way to do this and to ha make it happen sooner so that we could get her out of work. And now she can at least do what she wants because she's given us mm -hmm. up so much. Um, so our, our initial goal is to retire her um, we're hoping to do that rel relatively soon. But mm -hmm. after that, since that'll obviously be a goal that we we're confident we'll hit soon. Um, for me personally, it's to build a life by design, uh, live a life and, and be able to use my time the way I want to and spend it with the people I want to spend it with while mm -hmm. helping other people do the same thing. I think um, just in regards to my personal life, I know a lot of young people um, and just people that are starting to actually get into some money, they may not think there's another way to build the life by design um, and be able to do what they want with their time. You kind of just see that like it's a Hollywood thing or something like that. But um, yeah. I want to make it something that's really, really uh, easy, not easy to do, but realistic. Um, and I yeah. think that's not something that many people think it's possible. So do you, do you have a date in mind by which you're going to retire your mother? Um, I would say what's in the next 12, 20, 12 24 months. 12, 24 months. All right. Awesome. Depending very, on very good call. Because. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm very optimistic for this year. I think this is going to yeah. be a fabulous year. So um, super Likewise. optimistic. Yeah. But uh, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of volatility in the market in, in lending and in all aspects. Uh, but uh, I still think it's going to be a fabulous year. But uh, um, anyway, let's let's talk about one of the deals you guys have done. Tell me a little bit about, yeah. uh, you know, what, what a Donna's Brothers deal has, has looked like. Yeah. So typically we'll target. Um, so I live in North Carolina. Uh, mm -hmm. Durham specifically. We, we look here, but we haven't found anything here. Um, we look in Georgia as well, primarily. Um, and a deal that we uh, that I could talk about is it's a little under 200 units. It's a mm -hmm. C-class property. Um, one of the, so there's like, it's a hundred, little under 200 units. And there's like a small portion of the property mm -hmm. that was burnt down. Um, there was actually a resident living in one of the units and mm -hmm. uh, she, she thought it'd be a good idea to try to make it into a grill. Um, which oh, quickly yeah. backfired, <laughs> literally mm -hmm. backfired on her and uh, burnt yeah. pretty much the whole thing down. Everyone had to run out. Um, and that's, that's a big value add play that we're going to have. Um, it's got three uh, laundry facilities that mm -hmm. we're going to go in. Um, one of the units is actually being used as a leasing office. So our goal is to turn that back into a, a unit that we can rent mm -hmm. out um, and then convert one of the laundry facilities into a leasing office and the other two mm -hmm. just renovate so that they're more, uh, you know, more usable for the residents there. 
Uh, but really just like your, your um, normal value add play, there's around 78% of the units, um, sorry, 65% of them are mm-hmm. classic. And we're going to go renovate about mm-hmm. 80% of those, um, bring okay. them up to full renovation. So and that's typically what we look for. hundred plus mm-hmm. units, BC class properties um, in mm-hmm. the Southeast. Nice. Nice. Uh, you see th- this particular one's in Georgia, which um, I've got, uh, I'm GP on two properties in Augusta. It's one of the cities that I really yeah. like. Um, yeah. where, where's this one at? If you don't mind. Uh, Atlanta. Sharon. No, I don't mind. Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at a 190 unit property in Augusta, you know, but yeah. uh, um, anyway, Scale uh, up. not that one. <laughs> not right. That one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not that one. Not that one. Like under 200 <laughs> units. I wonder if, yeah, but uh, no, no. my spidey sense has started tingling. I'm like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> we'll no, work together but, uh, on it if that ever happens. It, it does. You know, and that, that's one thing I love about this space is, yeah. you know, am I ever in direct competition with other people on the podcast or other people in this space? Not likely. But if I am, that's exactly my attitude. You know, if I find out that somebody I know is putting in an offer on the same property that I'm putting an offer in, I'm going to pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, let's see if we can work together on this, you know, see if we can partner on this one and and both win. Because uh, anyway, I I think that's uh, that's a much better strategy. And quite frankly, that's how I got into my my first partnership was Mm. I found out that somebody um, in one of my networks was looking at the exact same property, but, uh, uh, anyway, cool. So BC, value so, add. Um, oh, go ahead, Brian, Brian. just uh, a reflection on that one. It's so interesting how competition can turn into collaboration, yeah. you know, in this business. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. You, you can choose to compete or you can choose to collaborate. And, uh, um, I mean, just, just to relive my, my phone call, I, I found out that I was competing. Um, I picked up the phone. I, I had no idea how the phone call was going to turn out, but it was somebody that I had talked with a couple of times. I realized that we were competing. He didn't know it yet. And I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to pick up the phone and call him, see where it goes. And after a 15 minute phone call, we agreed to collaborate on that one property. And that one collaboration turned into nine deals together. So, um, awesome. yeah. So yeah, if, if, if we're ever, if we're ever in competition and we realize yeah. it, I'd love to just, uh, you know, throw down the walls and, you know, yeah. go in halvesies, you know, or something like Likewise, that. But, yeah. uh, cool. I don't think I've said halvesies to an adult, uh, <laughs> recently, but I got five kids. So, um, anyway, um, cool, cool. So let's, uh, let's talk about what's next for you guys. What's, uh, what's on your plate. Yeah. So, um, hoping, yeah, we're working on one deal right now, hoping to, uh, get that closed. And then, uh, the next really, I live in North Carolina, like I said, and we're looking for properties here. Uh, hopefully we could find one this year. That's I'm manifesting it. We will find a property here mm-hmm. to my backyard. I really like the market, but nothing yep. is penciling out right now, but as things change, hopefully they do. I'm looking to just buy as much as we can and, um, traveling a lot too, going to a few mm-hmm. conferences. Not sure if you guys have heard of the real estate guys. I'm sure you have, but you yeah. have an awesome investor summit coming up soon next month. So going to that and have mm-hmm. other, where, where is that one? It's in Belize. It's a, it's like a nine day oh, event. I love Belize. Yeah, um, where oh, it's a private island. Honestly, I don't remember the name. My brother okay. books the stuff. I just go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I spent, I spent a week in, uh, on San Pedro. Belize is, uh, it's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. as, as long as you're in the keys, I, I think mainland Belize is, yeah. I'll, I'll, I just won't say what I think of mainland Belize. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, there, right, there's right. actually some beautiful Mayan ruins in mainland Belize. It's just that there, that there's, there's a lot of poverty and there's not a yeah. lot of development. Um, right, right. Yeah. So cool. I mean, that's Robert Helms. I, I followed him for mm-hmm. a while. Um, 
great, great guy. But uh, anyway, yeah. enjoy that one. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I've got to get on their list so I can go to Belize again. But, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of all fun. Right. So, come. so anyway, what, what else is on the radar? I interrupted you while you were you know telling yeah, us what was going up. Yeah. I mean, we have like conferences. So I, I go to the, like I went to another one last few weeks ago with the real estate guys. And I'm, mm-hmm. the reason I go is to educate myself. And I've learned that networking has played off the most in our business. Mm-hmm. So just looking to create more relationships and nurture the ones that we already have. Um, yep. Personal wise, uh, really just looking to continue focusing on, on what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. I like self-development a lot. So I uh, yep. really just staying focused. There's a lot of ways to get distracted, especially around my age with I could yeah. easily be doing, but really trying to you know, hone in on what I, my goals are. And that way we can get closer to them. You know, I, I could tell personal development was probably something you took important uh, to, or take a very, very important. Yeah. What's the word I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to say something you take seriously prioritize. just by, yeah. yeah, prioritize. I mean, looking at your background, you've got some, you know, very classic self-help books back there, yeah. but uh, um, I don't think you'd have those up there if, if uh, personal development wasn't, you know, something that you was, that was very important to you, but uh, right, right. well, anyway, Hey, thanks for sharing your story. We're going to yeah. shift gears and talk to for Tommy sure. for a second. So Tommy, welcome. Yes. Thanks for having me, Brian. Um, yeah, no pleasure problem. to be here. Humbled and honored. Yeah. Being here. Should have brought you on a long time ago. I mean, we we've been running in the same circles for quite a while now, but uh, you know, happy you're you're finally on the podcast. And you know, my bad for not asking sooner. But uh, um, welcome and do us a favor and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I, I joke that I'm a recovering electrical engineer, um, mm-hmm. electrical engineer of, of 13 years. Um, I went full time in real estate last August and um, work took me um, to Nashville from middle Georgia. So um, I grew up in Macon and graduated from Georgia Tech. And okay. um, at, at the end of 2008, um, which was an interesting time to be looking mm-hmm. for a job, that that wound is, is still fresh. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, it's top of mind as, as people are asking, are we in a bubble? And I just kind of laugh. I'm like, it's completely different. It doesn't feel so. like 2007, 2008 to me. No. So, yeah. No. Right. Um, and so I guess is uh, I've been an um, electrical engineer for for twelve years with the same company. Um, so very uh, inundated with the, the W two corporate life um, mm-hmm. and various capacities. So uh, a little bit on the technical support side, customer service, um, call center, and transition to sales to have control over the solutions that got sold to people, um, and then uh, got. So my specialization in data science and transition to business analyst. Um, mm-hmm. And so suffice it to say that um, operations is probably my strong point. Underwriting is a short putt for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, you know, re- everything about real estate is a people business. So I, I would yeah. gravitate um, mostly towards, uh, I guess, the, the investor relations side of things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love talking to people. I, I draw motivation, you know, hearing, um, you know, like, like Jeffrey's story, uh, you know, what's, yeah. what's your background? Like what, what, motivates you what what um keeps your 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 motor humming and so um you know and i can i can do that if i'm looking at deals all day my, my joke is if i wanted to look at spreadsheets all day i wouldn't have left my job um yeah, so right. I, I love being in front of people and that it's, that's the best part for now so yeah yeah well i a couple of things i didn't realize you know i i know where you currently are at and where you're currently looking i, I didn't know you were uh um, Georgia Tech uh, grad or from Macon. So I at least learned a couple of new things about you today. But uh, um, sure. incidentally, Georgia Tech was a school that I actually looked at for grad school a long time ago. But uh, um, that's, that's a completely different story. But uh, anyway, so let's talk about your why now. Why, why are you investing in apartments? 
for sure. And it's, uh, it, it's interesting because I would, um, I think if you ask my friends what my superpower is, they would say he's really quick at learning new things. Mm-hmm. And I think if you unpack that, um, my superpower really is if there's a wrong way to do something, I'll find it. Um, and so I, I basically looked at everything else as far as, you know, starting a business and and, uh, trying to, you know, work for myself kind of thing. I looked at everything else before I even looked at real estate. So I looked at e-commerce, I looked at stocks, I looked at day trading, I looked at option trading, I read books by, you know, uh, billionaire fund managers. And my, my Mm -hmm. takeaway from all of that is buy ETFs and don't look at it for 30 years. And I just said, that's not the trajectory that, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be on. Um, yeah. And then I finally came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, and my eyes got opened up to your ability to force appreciation on mm-hmm. some assets in the world. And they are all in, in the real estate space. I can't buy Google and, and make it go up, you know, yeah. but I can buy, you know, a, a mismanaged apartment complex and have control over it. My, I actually yeah. started in the single family space. Um, I bought three, I guess my first investment property was in 2011. It was a short sale in a suburb of Nashville. Um, I lived in it, rented out a bedroom. And uh, in 2020, we liquidated that property. I didn't owe anything on it. So that was where kind of most of my my headwinds came from. Um, so I bought three single family homes, became mm-hmm. a landlord. Um, I, I got a PM, so a landlord indirectly. Um, and you know, I, I, I paused and I looked at kind of my, my net worth balance sheet. Um, mm-hmm. If you've read The Millionaire uh, Real Estate Investor by Gary yep. Um, I looked at my my net worth um, calculator after buying those, you know, three houses. And I kind of looked at my trajectory that I wanted to be on. And 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 it was, it was incredibly linear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, this isn't getting me to the place that I want to go as quickly as I'd like to go. And the yeah. conclusion I came to was I need more doors, less driveways. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that brought me very like quickly that. to to multifamily. Did you make that up, by the way? More doors, less driveways, or did you steal it from somebody? I have a lot of phrases, so I don't. I don't yeah, know. I think you. That's well, clever. Yeah, Tommy Brandt behind that one. <laughs> yeah, let's let's attribute that to you. But uh, it, it is very clever, and I I agree wholeheartedly. More doors, less driveways. You know, and that's. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good way of putting it more doors, less driveways. So, um, yeah, and I, I think, I think everybody who starts in a single family space that moves to multifamily has the same realization. It's just like, okay, how many single family homes can I close on in a given year? You know, granted you can, you can raise other people's money for, for single family homes and whatnot and scale it, but you know, it's still, you know, one home, one driveway, one roof per property. And largely one loan per property, but, uh, yeah, scaling, scaling is always, uh, always an issue people come to when they're talking about multifamily or single family. So yeah. um, I want to answer your, your question. I never did answer you know, my burning why, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm probably not unique in the fact that, um, you know, I, I want all of the freedoms, you know, mm-hmm. there, the, there's a, a book that talks about the five freedoms. So there's the, there's people freedom where you can hang out mm-hmm. with who you want to hang out with. There's geographic freedom where you can go wherever you want to go, um, time freedom. So you can go wherever you want to go, whenever you want to go. And then, you know, the, the last one is, um, I'm missing one, but the last one's obviously financial freedom. It's a, mm-hmm. the, you know, you kind of can't have those freedoms without being financially free. And so yep. that that's kind of the idea there is, um, that that's, that's my burning wise to be able to do what I want to do with whoever I want to do it when I want to do it. Um, and I think along the way, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving back however I can and helping people get there, sharing my, my knowledge and my journey to enable others. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there, there's, there's common trends every time I ask that question and, you know, a lot of it has to do with the same, same thing. It's, it's about freedom. It's about time freedom. It's about doing what you want when you want with, you know, the people you want to do it with. And that's, 
I think that's the the trend that comes on over and over and over again. You know, when I ask that question, and it's it's kind of fun to hear the answers, though. You know, I mean, some people surprise you. Um, some people really surprise you. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks for thanks for sharing that. Um, and now we're coming up to the favorite part, my favorite part of the podcast. It's where I can, you know, not talk as much and let everyone else do the talking. But uh, you know, hey, Tommy, we got Jeff on the line. What do you want to ask him? Sure, Jeff. Um, glad to glad to have you. I know uh, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, so I actually know the the mentorship group that you're a part of. So, awesome. um, yeah, glad to be a part. And so I am. I'm invested in a couple syndications. I was going to be a co GP on a deal, but we actually backed out two Mondays ago, um, and uh, it just it, it didn't scream good deal. You know, they say your your first deal can't fail, and so um, I'm interested since you're a co GP on a couple of deals. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know if you could elaborate on um, what, what roles are you playing in those deals? Um, how are you adding value? And I guess, how are you, um, what was the, the source of some of those? So, yeah, yeah, great question. High, high level uh, info. Yeah, for sure. So, the, the, the group I'm a part of, um, I just say it's Think Multifamily out of Dallas. And um, that's how I found the deal. So, I just was calling, I actually reached out to my mentor, Mark Kenny and asked him, is there any, you know, anyone that needs to help with anything? And he told me certain people and I'd already built relationships with them beforehand mm -hmm. because I go to their events. Um, and I just met them in person and I always follow up with people on the phones just to nurture those relationships. So, um, reached out to one of the, the people and he told me, yeah, this is a, this is a deal I have going on. Let me know how you think you can help. Uh, personally, I, I didn't find the deal. I really didn't have that big of an investor database either. So what I thought, I knew I'm good at networking and I know that I, um, I'm really good at marketing in comparison to most people that I knew. So I offered to help with marketing in, in regards to some emails and um, also just anything else he needed help with. Um, and we actually helped a little bit with some investor deck on that one. Um, but also I raised a little bit of capital, which wasn't like the biggest value add. I, I would say the biggest one was I knew people in my network that he didn't know. So I asked him, Hey, like, is it okay if I try to make an introduction with someone else? Um, so I met this other individual at a, a few other events I'd gone to um, and I actually just introduced them. He ended up partnering and now he's raising a lot of money on a lot of their deals and they're working together um, for like the last five deals they've done together. But that all started nice. with me and I didn't think I had that much value to give, you know, uh, but you're, it's all about getting creative. So I would say like networking uh, and making introductions, that was probably the biggest value add that I've done on most of the deals that I've actually co-sponsored. Nice. Very cool. Nice. Don't, don't ever underestimate the power of networking. I mean, um, I made it public just recently that I'm, I'm leaving Four Oaks. And as of today, it's not official yet. It should be official soon. But, you know, reaching out to my network for phase two has been, you know, amazingly fruitful so far. Yeah. So never underestimate the power of, of your network and um, always be willing to, to make introductions. I think that's that's a powerful mm -hmm. that that is a great that's a superpower in and of itself, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right on. And uh, looking back on how far you've come in a short amount of time, um, is there anything that you you could have done differently to kind of shorten the, your time period to, to success? I know we all define success differently, but um, any lessons learned, mistakes that you made yeah. along the way you wish you would have avoided, uh, things like that? Yeah, I would go back onto like uh, one of the things that helped me get to the place where I am today a lot quicker than I think if I wouldn't have done it was networking. So the way that I network is a little, I would say different. I mean, not different, but so I'll meet people at an event and I purposely put myself in these rooms. Like I, I join different groups. I'll go to as many conferences as I can afford to go to each year. Uh, Cause they can, they can get it pretty expensive pretty quickly. I have two brothers that yes. like to go with me. So um, yeah. just trying to pick the right ones um, going. And then 
actually that being social at these events, trying to like build a relationship with each of these people. And then after the event, that's where the real networking happens where you follow up with them. I, I throw them into a CRM and actually like systematically will follow up with every single person at least a few times a, a year. Um, and then slow and steady, you start taking notes down on what each person is doing. Um, and like uh, Brian touched on, you don't want to like disvalue the amount of value you can bring someone and based on who you know. So I've made like dozens of introductions um, and all of that has helped me, but make sure that like that if you don't have a lot of capital, maybe you can't raise a lot of capital or you just can't find deals. Uh, a great way to bring value to people is just by building your own network. Um, and you can do that by going to events or joining different groups. So that's one thing that's really helped us because that's how we were able to get into our first few deals. And now on this one um, that we have coming up, I, I think it'll go very well just because of the network that I have. And incidentally, I've been going to, to conferences for years and years and years. And it's the last one that I went to. It was April. So about a month and a half ago that I finally did what you said, where I throw people into my CRM and I automate the, the responses. And oh my gosh, the the responses have been amazing. You know, just being able to follow up with the people that I've met. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a lot of partnership opportunities out of that too. So yeah. And um, no one good. does it. No one does it. Nobody yeah. does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Nobody does. You know, I, I threw them in my CRM and I said, all right, send everybody this email, you know? <laughs> and uh, um, I mean, yeah, the first, the first blast is automated, but it's me responding to the people who, who respond back. But right. uh, um, I mean, the alternative is to cut and paste and you're doing the same thing anyway. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, Tommy, back to you. Sorry, we're still in your show, but, uh, um, this is not my show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all good. That, uh, that's great feedback. And yeah, it's such a low percentage of people that actually are, are doing the, the follow-up. Um, it's, it's crazy. Um, Brian, we, we had dinner a couple of times at the best ever conference in February. And so, um, I remember, um, I, I put everyone in my CRM and I think I just, I waited too long to mm -hmm. send the message out, but it was, you know, a couple of weeks afterwards. And I think the conversion rate drops exponentially the longer you yeah. wait to actually send the email out. Yeah. It I does. do it as soon as I get back, like if, if possible the day after, but if it's mm -hmm. like you're on Sunday and I mean, honestly, I'll yeah. do it like as soon as I can. Yeah. And I, I, I've, I've wondered, I, I haven't done like any split testing or anything like that, but I'm curious if there's, you know, a, a, a best time to wait, you know, three days after four days after the day after or whatever, but uh, maybe, maybe next time I'll do some split testing mm -hmm. and send half, you know, half of them the day after and half of them, you know, a couple of days after see what, uh, what does better Would you so say, before the yeah. conference is over. Would you say calling them is better than emailing them, Brian? Have you tried either or, or both? You know what? Um, I, I would say yes, but you also got to look at your capacity. If you meet 500, if there's 800 people at a conference. Um, now, what, what I did with the last conference is, is a lot of these people use the, the Whova app. Um, mm. I paid my daughter to go through the Whova app and send and hit the exchange request button. And she literally cut and paste a response in, um, you know, I paid her $10 an hour, which is great money for an 11 year old. And uh, you know, that's how we put them into the CRM. That's how we reached out. But I, I would say the more personal you are with any interaction, the better it's going to be. Um, unfortunately, when you're dealing with hundreds of people at these events, I would say you prioritize, you know, who the, who the phone calls go to and who the emails go to. All right, Tommy, back, back to you again. For sure. And um, I mean, you talked a little bit about your why. Um, and I mean, let's look forward 18 months from now, let's say you've, you've successfully retired your parents um, or, or your mother. Uh, what would, you know, how do you, how do you 
stay motivated after you've been successful? Like, how do you, how do you maintain the traction um, and and operations? Yeah. So I would say like, there's a few different things I'd like to touch on. Uh, The first thing is I set really big goals that and they, they are changing. If I meet them, then they'll change again. But I just set really big goals. I read the book 10 X. I'm sure you've probably heard of it. Yeah. Like Grant Cardone. And uh, it's just like, I don't want to reach my goal because that can keeps me driven. Also, I'm, I grew up playing soccer. I still play soccer and I'm very competitive. So for me, I don't really play as much anymore. And this is kind of like a sport and I like to, you know, it feels good to win. And also the struggle yeah. and the journey is really the most fruitful part. And I've, I'm trying to learn how to enjoy this, like the process, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so as I've done that and be, gotten better at that. That's another thing. I just really enjoy doing what I'm doing. Um, and at the end of the day, like I said, uh, initially the why is to build a life by design and I haven't gotten to that point yet. I'm still obviously working a lot, which I'm grateful for because I enjoy it. But, um, I think that's the ultimate goal and I'm not there yet. So that really keeps me going. But if I were to get there, I think I would just keep going. Cause it's like, a, it's like almost, I don't know what else I do with my time. I think that mm-hmm. gives me the most fulfillment out of it. So I think if you're doing something that you're truly passionate about, um, it's almost like asking you to stop me to stop breathing as it's like my mm-hmm. favorite thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I had a very similar, um, goal where there was a very, um, very definite end state, a very definite it's done. Right. Um, my original why was I wanted to be able to retire from the military and not have another job, you know? And mm-hmm. so I put the date on the calendar. I had a countdown. I had everything else. I think one thing that, you know, Jeff said that, uh, resonates with me is, you know, I, I didn't quite, you know, I didn't reset my goal. And so once that goal was achieved, there was a little while where it's like, you know, I was asking everybody what's their big burning why on the podcast. And in my head, I'm like, what's my big burning why now? You know, I've already, I've already retired, you know, but, uh, anyway, um, um, Jeffrey, as, as we look at, um, you know, scaling our, our business and taking in partners and things like that. Um, I mean, it was probably a no brainer for you to work with family members. Um, but I guess, you know, how is it working with, with family? Um, would you yeah, take in yeah. a fourth business partner? I mean, what, what, you know, how's that journey been for you? Yeah. I mean, I think things will like are changing and hopefully they do continue to like grow as fast as they are. And if, when they do, I'm sure we'll have to bring on extra people, but working with family as of recent, I, I just, I, it's interesting that you asked because, um, I grew up with my brothers obviously. And like we lived together in a small house. So anytime we would fight, we couldn't really get away from each other. So like you either get over it or it's just going to be awkward. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't really enjoy awkward space. So I make it like, whatever, kind of forget about it. Same applies to business. And mm-hmm. another thing with, with, in my opinion, with my relationship with them, I can say anything I want, especially if it's like for the business and for the betterment of the business. Um, they won't take it personally. And there's actually like all the feelings are aside. This is purely uh, logical. Um, so they don't take, they don't, they don't get hurt. And I think with some of my friends, um, sometimes they kind of like, I've tried working with friends before, uh, and they seem to to think that I, you have to mix the two friendship and business, which I think you should, right? Like, obviously you're not going to treat someone like completely different, but with my brothers, it's it's completely like, we, we're really good at compartmentalizing the two um, and they don't take anything personally and they don't get, excuse me, like butthurt if I say something the wrong way. Um, they just understand exactly who I am and how I'm trying to, to say things. And um, that's why I think it's been going really well. Also, uh, our mission is the same is to retire our mother. Uh, we don't have different mothers. So, um, that's like the first thing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the first, the first goal is to retire her. And we all are in alignment with that. And we also share the other one, which is life by design and helping other people do the same thing. So I think, um, Brian, I'm sure you could, you would agree, but yeah. the mission is the most important thing. If you guys are all in alignment with that, that's where the team uh, is going to be more coherent and work better yeah. together. 
Yeah. And when you fall out of alignment, that's when you have problems. That's when you move. If people yeah. are going different directions. Yeah. I think alignment is important, you know, making sure you're aligned from the beginning and, you know, I'm happy. I think what you, what you said about your brothers is, is true of any partnership. You know, you, yeah. you should yeah. be friends. You should be, you know, want to hang out together. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you gave some really good advice for any partnership. All right. We, we are about out of time here. I just looked at the clock and wow, we are. So um, one final question for each of you to wrap things up, Jeff, you get to go first. How can listeners learn more about you? Yeah. Feel free to follow us on any social media platform at Donis Brothers. Our YouTube channel is Donis Brothers as well. Uh, we have a podcast called The Real Estate Monopoly. Feel free to check that out. And then if you're interested in uh, getting access to our free five mistakes passive investors make playbook, you can go to www.donisinvestmentgroup.com backslash playbook. And you spell my last name, D-O-N-I-S. Thank you. All right. Perfect. And we'll put a link to the, um, to all of that in the show notes. So Donna's brothers on social media and then the free playbook. So, um, Tommy, same question for you. How can listeners learn more about you? Sure. Yeah. For anyone that has talked to me, they know that I'm, I'm very much an open book, um, uh, which is why I, I wrote a book. So, um, on, uh, TB capital group, Com. Um, if you go there, um, there'll be an option to download a book, the, the multi, the, the passive investors guide to the multifamily universe. Um, if they have any interest on learning more about, you know, why, why apartments, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it basically considers all assets and then alternative assets versus conventional and then a deep dive on alternative um, and then kind of multifamily 101. So if you're looking to learn more about this space and kind of what I'm interested in, um, I, I kind of give some uh, foundational elements there. If if you say, all right, I, you know, that's that's cool. I, I really just want your ear for 30 minutes. Um, tvcapitalgroup.com forward slash connect. Uh, mm-hmm. It has my calendar. So you can always reserve 30 minutes with me on there. Awesome. All right. And we'll put links to that in the show notes as well. And uh, um, that said, thank you very much to both of you for coming on the show today. Very much appreciate your time. And um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast by the Tribe of Titans. If you're still listening, you obviously liked it. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already, and then make sure to check out our YouTube channel, which incidentally has a ton of video content that you'll also enjoy and learn from. Now, if you're interested in being on the show, go to our website, diaryofanapartmentinvestor.com and fill out the questionnaire on the website. And for more educational content and for more information about our educational community, check us out at thetribeoftitans.info.